It's the Coffee Club with Pearl, Tommy, Mike, and Mike on AllSportsCleveland.com, the talk of the land. What is going on, Cleveland, man? We are back live in the OMS studios. This is the Coffee Club on a Friday morning, February 26th. The weather is starting to get great. I'm in a health tank. I'm in the talk tank with my man, Tommy. Got my man, Mike, in there running the board. What up? What's going on with you, man? Not Hope everybody much. is having a great day. We missed you all on air. We did. Definitely, definitely, man. It's been a lot going on in the sports world, man. We got Boston currently out of the playoffs. The Lakers are starting to take a crap ever since Anthony Davis went down. Mm. Baseball spring training uh, is underway. This weather make you miss baseball? Uh, not yet, man. Right. Not 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 yet. Not yet. I don't know, man. The last couple of days when it's like fifty five degrees, blue skies. I don't know. It just makes me miss the Jake. I mean, typically, I like when we when we start the season, it's it's cold anyway. Yeah. So I I, I kind of ain't got after, the mystery yet. After like the twelve degrees and the nasty snowstorms we've had, anything north of thirty five right now is amazing. I'll oh, take it's it. beautiful. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But uh. It's a lot going on, man. A lot going on in the NFL. Free agency is underway. So, of course, J.J. Watt name has been out there a lot. There's reports that came out yesterday that he's been offered somewhere between 14 and 17 million from certain teams per year. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, the, the the question I have is, who did that report come from? Because if it came from an agent, of course, the agent might spike that a little bit to try to get his 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 client more money, which he should. Or if it's coming from a team, and if it's coming from a team, is it coming from a contending team? Or a team like the Jaguars per se. That's a good point too. Because that is a good point. I never like I never realized that. Like when you say that it was fifteen to sixteen million, you automatically think that it's one of those three: Green Bay, Tennessee, Buffalo. It could have been from the Jaguars. You never know. Like who's not going to want JJ Watt on their team? I think every Everybody team in the league is. wants JJ exactly. Watt. Exactly. So yeah, we're all chomping at the bit to get him. Even Houston. <laughs> well, he's a he's a high character guy. He's a leader in the locker room. Yep. Uh, we all know that, and we all pretty much know what he can do on the field. And I think every team would like to add a guy of that character to their locker room and that type of talent on the football field. But I find it hard to believe that a team that's a contending team is offering him that much money. And the only reason I say that is because a lot of the contending teams are strapped for cash right now. Mm-hmm. There's not too many contending teams right now that's in a salary position to say, hey, JJ, here's this amount of money, you know, go ball out for us. And so when I seen that report, the first thing that came to my mind was, I wonder if it was a team like the Jags. What do you think? It very well could have been. Trevor um, Lawrence and JJ Watt? Heck yeah. Make it happen. Think so? No, no, not a chance. I think he's going to Green Bay, but we shall see. Yeah, realistically, he's Right? I mean, that's where everyone's projecting him to go. It seems like... Um, and Grew up two hours from Lambeau, grew up a huge Packers fan, played at, played as a Badger. Why not? I think Green Bay is a solid option. This might... I mean, this is the only time in his career you can argue he's probably going to hit free agency. Yeah. So this might be his final team. And if he grew up a Packer fan and the Packers is a team that he looks at that could be on the brinks of a Super Bowl, yeah. then I can see that being a good fit. Well, weren't yep. they? I mean, I mean, they you, you saw what the Chiefs did in the Super Bowl. If, to be fair, Tampa's defense was amazing, but I think Aaron Rodgers would have had a legit shot at taking Pat, Pat Mahomes down because they already have some some talent on the de- defensive side of the ball, and I know they did release a few players to clear cap space. Christian Kersky got cut. 
and I think that saved them about ten point eight million. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I um. I don't know. I mean, we could sit here and speculate all day on where he's going to end up. I I think, unfortunately for us, I don't see it happening that he comes to Cleveland. I, maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm way off. I I just I don't see it in, in the cards. Um, and and that's fine. I mean, that's I don't know that I want to take that. Yeah. I, he he's a great player and all, but that's a big contract. And I think half of the reason why he gets such a big contract is because of his name, right? He's J.J. Watt. He's one of the greatest defensive players of all time. He has that that um, that name, you know, associated with him. Wherever he goes, people are going to give him because of the name. It's Watt. Can I ask you guys a question? Sure. Is is he on the back end of his career? See, I don't think so. I think J.J. Watt got probably a solid two to three years left in the tank. Last year, he didn't miss a game. He played all 16, and we all know he, he has a lot of injury issues. Yeah. Now, the production might not have matched. I think he had like five sacks, but he was the most double-teamed edge rusher in football the entire yeah. season. We we all saw that pick six he had on Thanksgiving, too. Yeah. So so I don't, I don't think... But that, you're saying two or three more years at a high level. Right. Yes. He's, at pa- a high level. he's past his prime, but by no means is he not a good player. But I'm not asking him to play 60, 60 snaps a game yeah. either. I think that J.J. needs to be around 25, 30 snaps a game in order to keep him fresh to make sure he doesn't get hurt. And even, I mean, hell, even Miles Garrett was being rotated for before COVID. So mm-hmm. if you could add, you know, defensive linemen, um, pass rushers per se, and you can rotate those guys to keep the to keep the starters fresh and you're bringing in backups that, you know, can still produce at a high level, I say why not? But at the same time, I'm not gonna overspin yeah. for anybody because of their name. Exactly. And, you know, J.J. may not be – would he be a help for the Browns? Absolutely. But is he the top priority? I don't know. What do you guys think? I think his position is the top priority. Now, him per se? I think I think they need more than one guy. They need a couple pieces on defense, not just one. When you say – okay, so – Like, they need help in the secondary. They need, like, what Watt does too, but with – with the the contract that Watt demands, they might not have enough cap space to spend what's left over. You know. No, I disagree with that. Yeah, I disagree with that because here's the thing: the cap is at a projected 180 million, and that's the minimum that's that is going to be at. The Browns carried over the most salary cap of any team from 2020 into this year. I'm not sure if you've all read this or not, but the cap took an 18 million dollar dip from 2020 to now, and we all know why. But Andrew Barry also signed, what, eight guys to a one-year contract? So it's almost like he was out ahead of this thing. And then it's like, yeah, we have in-house business to take care of, but technically we don't have to pay anybody in-house this year if we don't want to. I think the Browns can make the moves that they need to make in free agency and still have the money left over to pay your draft picks and to make the contract extensions to the necessary players at the time being. I don't think making a move on J.J. Watt is going to hinder you from adding two or three other guys in free agency. Do you think wherever J.J. ends up, it's only going to be a one-year deal? No, I think it would probably be a two- or three-year deal. But where do you think he's going to end up outside of Green Bay? Because I'm hearing there's three or four teams that he so-called has finalized his list down to. So, yeah, the three teams are Green Bay, Tennessee, Buffalo. Um, Outside of Green Bay, I don't know, man. Like, I want want to say he's going to go to Pittsburgh, but he's not. He's not going to go to Pittsburgh. Buffalo... 
Buffalo, well, let's see. He's had a Hall of Fame career. He's no doubt a first ballot Hall of Famer. At this point, what does he want? He wants a ring. Mm-hmm. Which teams give him the best option to win a ring? I think Green Bay is at the top of that list. Buffalo is certainly in there. So in terms of the teams on his list, I would say Buffalo is number two. And then maybe Tennessee. They, they kind of fell off a cliff last year. They're still a good playoff team, but I don't think they're on the level of Kansas City, Buffalo, Cleveland. But now that's a team that, that I was looking at that I thought would be a good fit. And why do I think Tennessee might be a good fit? One, well, Tennessee, they damn sure need pass rushers. Yeah. They were at the bottom of the league as far as being able to get to the quarterback last season. Mike Vabro, the head coach, spent many years as yeah. a linebackers coach and the defensive coordinator at the Houston Texans. So he has a personal relationship with J.J. Watt. He runs the same damn scheme that J.J. Watt plays in now. Yeah. So from a, from a personnel fit, mm-hmm. you know, that I could see that being a fit. And if you look at what that team does well, they have a balanced offensive attack. They can play in January because they can run the football. And you put him next to, uh, I think, what's his name, Corey or Casey Hampton, something like that that's in the middle over there. You know, you, you draft well, you get some more guys on the defensive line. I could see that being a fit. I do like Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I think Buffalo would be another good fit. You put him there as a 4-3 end. Jerry Hughes is on the other side there. That's a defense that's ready. they probably two pieces away. But it's funny because Buffalo might be uh, strapped for cash. You know, they, they got an all-pro linebacker that they're about to lose, Mike Milano. So what do they do from there? Who, the Bills? Yeah. You know, honestly, that's a good question. I'm not sure what they've done to date to kind of like move you, some, some numbers around. I mean, you got to fill that hole. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. You, they are probably drafted. I okay. mean, we, we all know if you're a contending team, right, and you got cap issues, the cheapest labor is what? Through the draft. Yeah. You just got to make sure that you have the personnel that knows how to scout accordingly so that you can acquire top talent and keep this train moving forward. Because if you can't keep the train moving forward, then it doesn't even matter. Right. And I think that's ultimately the goal in any of the organizations. Yeah. Yeah. But not every organization is equipped to do so. No. not a, I mean, look at the Browns. Look how long we struggled. Right. I mean, so I, I think behind Green Bay – you go Tennessee too. I would probably go Tennessee. I'm not gonna put. This is my list, not what you know. You know the guy, the guys that's making millions. This is not what they think. This is just what I think. Number three for me, a team that hasn't been talked about. I think the Chargers. I think the Chargers. Dude, Watt and Bosa. Melvin Ingram was about to walk as a free agent. He's 31 years old. That would be a nasty combination. Yeah. Seeing those two together. Yeah. Now, I don't think they're on the brink of winning their Super Bowl this they, year. They definitely have a bright future, though. Yeah, but if you think yeah. if he signs a three, hypothetically, he signs a three-year contract there, and they take the next step this year, he's playing in a warm weather city, so yep. that's that's better for his body. You know, uh, he's playing with a young quarterback that has showed already that he's going to be a problem in this league, and that defense already have Duran James in the secondary. Uh, you got Bosa on your defensive line. And you got young uh, coming up and coming stars at corner, yep. so I can see that being a good fit. And that's a team that hasn't been mentioned. No, they haven't. I mean, there's there's a few, probably more than a few good fits for them. Um, I could see them on a few different lines with you know, a couple. San former, Francisco, maybe. Yeah, a couple. Of, uh, I, I'm just saying, uh, you team him up with like uh, Miles Garrett. Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett, those, yeah, I mean, can you imagine the two of those wreaking havoc? Or his younger brother. Yeah. Well, listen. That's not going to happen. I know. I, I, that, that's about as likely as him coming to Cleveland. I don't, I, I'm not going to say we're out the running, but at the same time and in the same breath, 
I don't see the our front front office overspending for him. No, but you mm-hmm. just said yourself. There, you named what three better fits. I, I mean, but are they better or, or are they just as good? Well, on paper, I, I okay, that's fair enough. So you know, I, you know what I mean? They're just as good. So I remember a couple months ago, Pearl, you told me that you essentially predicted that you had a feeling that Odell Beckham Jr. was going to sign with the Browns, and then he did. No, that he was going to no. get traded here. Yeah, that he was going to get traded. That's right. Yeah, but you, but you had an inkling, a feeling that Odell was going to somehow end up in Cleveland. Right. Do you have the same feeling about what? I, I'm not going to say that. Or is it as strong? It's not as strong. There you go. It's not as strong, but it's funny because I think it was maybe week 16, week 17. As you all know by now, I tailgate, you know, with my, yeah. my friends and my cousins on Sundays. And you know, I was talking to my cousin. I said the Browns should trade for JJ Watt. Now, of course, at this time, he hadn't been released. And I was saying at that time that I can see the Browns maybe possibly trading a third or fourth round pick to acquire him. But now that he's a free agent and he has his own choice of where he wants to go play, I think we're in consideration because, like you said, he's looking for a Super Bowl at this point. Mm-hmm. And we're a team that, that's on the brinks of – we're right now we're in our window. We're right now in that three-year window of where we can win a Super Bowl. But there's also four or five other teams that are currently in that window. So do I feel as confident about that? No. But it's funny, you know, we're, we're talking free agency. A guy, again, and I know this might sound crazy, another wide receiver, I feel like that about Will Fuller. To the Browns? To the Browns. You yeah, know, you, you've and, mentioned that a few times now. Right. To replace I, Odell or Jarvis? No, no, I'm not replacing anybody. And this is what, see, I, I dropped episode one of my Cleveland Browns podcast, the 6 a.m. tailgate. Make sure you all check that out on Spotify. But Mike Allen was my first guest. And he's trying to sell me on the same thing you're trying to sell me on. Replace Odell. I'm not replacing any offensive weapon that's on this team. I'm trying to add weapons to this team. So you'd have five wide receivers? Why not? Okay. Why not? Yeah. Because how I see it, you get a guy that can take a top off a of defense, put him on the outside, you put Odell on the outside, mm-hmm. you put Jarvis in the middle, and you use a, a, a deep threat as Donovan Peoples-Jones. And now you're opening up more space for the running game. Your tight ends are out in space. I don't see nothing wrong with making what you do best better. Is he a free agent, too? He's a, he's a free we'll agent. Floor. He's 26 years old. Of course, he got suspended, missed the back half of the season due to PEDs. He's never had over a thousand yards wide receiving, but he was having his best season uh, to date of his career mm-hmm. before the suspension came. He was on his way to a thousand yards. Was he really? Yeah, he was. I mean, he he led he the NFL. I think he uh, what touchdowns over forty two yards. Okay. Yeah, like seven yeah. of them. So he was Deshaun's only weapon. He was his biggest. Much. Yeah, pretty much. So it's interesting that you bring this up though, because you you posted an article. Um, the other day on Facebook, you know he's already smiling. You know what I'm no, talking I'm smiling, about. man. My, uh, uh, my my buddy Devin just chimed in. He's a Ravens fan. He says y'all bums not winning the Super Bowl anyway. We're making it further than y'all. <laughs> That's debatable. But go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Oh man. Um, you said I wrote an article the other day. I was reading it. You posted uh, uh-huh. by Terry Pluto about yeah. OBJ and can we have a serious conversation and and the article was interesting because it, it basically said that a bulk of his yards his catches touchdowns all that everything that you say makes him great happened in the first couple of years of his career and he since then he's been on that downward slope like on yeah. the tail end of his career which is a I mean it, it was an injured injury ridden career to say the least I, I'm not taking anything away from him because, I mean, when the guy's healthy, he goes and he balls out. 
it seems like him being healthy is few and far between. I don't, you want to jump on this before? before I, okay, so. He's going to lay into me. I'm not going to lay into you, but we can have this conversation. So, right. uh, so you feel like that when it comes to Odell Beckham, his best days are behind him. You feel like he's not available, and you feel like that, you know, it's, at this point, it's just a name. Not necessarily just a name. I, I Well, maybe, because the name is getting him paid. I mean, that's, yeah, his availability is a big, big issue. His availability is my only issue. But outside of availability, I have no issues with Odell Beckham. He, he's set to turn 28 years old during this next season, okay? He has a $12 million cap number. And everybody keeps talking about this cap number. Check out other wide receivers in the NFL. You know, mm-hmm. Cooper is making $5 million more than him. Julio Jones is making more money than him. He's probably like the seventh or eighth number one wide receiver as far as, you know, cap number. Yeah. So his cap number compared to the another, uh, other number one wide receivers in the NFL isn't that bad, okay? That, that's for starters. For two, last year the Browns went 5-2 and two with Odell Beckham, 6-3 and three without him. Each game that he was on the damn field last year, they scored over 30 points. You know how many times they scored over 30 points without him? Twice. I think it's, poor co- I think it's just pure coincidence that he got hurt at the same time that Baker started to turn the corner. You know, in, that, in, that, in, in my Browns group where you've seen that article, a friend of mine said something that stood out to me. That people are trying to put Baker's early season flaws on him trying to force the ball at Odell. But why is it not being attributed to the fact that he had three coordinators and four head coaches in yeah. a matter of three seasons? So I really believe that it was pure coincidence that at the time he got hurt, Baker was starting to ascend. I don't think that right now it makes any sense for the Browns to subtract playmakers when you need to be trying to add playmakers so you can go get a damn Super Bowl ring. I, He's yeah, right. I agree. I'm. Hey, he look, at the end of the day, he ain't going anywhere for at least another year, yeah. right? Well, here, and here's another thing about that. Not to cut you off. Okay. The new league year is about to start, right? True. Yes. Okay. There's a clause in this contract that if he's hurt and if he can't pass a physical, you can't trade him. He's currently rehabbing from an injury. He's not going to pass a physical right now. So all this nonsense that everybody want to throw out there about the Browns should move on from Odell Beckham, how, no. when, and where can they even contractually do so? They yeah. can't. They can't. You think when he's healthy on the field, he's the best receiver the Browns got? When he's healthy on the field, yes, he's the best receiver the Browns got. Hands when, down. when he's healthy on the field, he's the best receiver probably a lot of teams would have. You and that's another I mean? reason. True. Okay, so let's say hypothetically that the availability continues to be an issue. That's another reason why I feel like signing a guy like Will Fuller makes sense. One, because let's say Odell comes back and he's fine. Boom. So now you're adding another playmaker with speed to this offense. But let's say Odell goes down again. Now you're not worried about a Cardell Hodges you know, or a guy like that stepping in and trying to fill his role. You already got somebody in there that Baker can still continue to get the ball to that's a playmaker that's going to demand attention on the defense. This notion that we're set at wide receiver, I, I've never agreed with it. I truly never agreed with it. But there's guys out there that the Browns can add at that position via free agency, via trade, or in the middle of the draft that will help. Well, look, I, there's not a doubt in my mind that uh, Andrew Barry's going to do what he needs to do this offseason. Um, so I, I'm, I'm live on Facebook right now, and uh, 
the LTC could definitely get on the show. I got uh, some friends that's watching. Mike Allen, happy birthday, Mike Allen. Today is his to birthday. Mike. He's 33. Happy birthday, Mike. Shout out to M.A. Happy he, birthday, he's on, buddy. He's on Facebook. He says, what has he done? Made a great catch versus Dallas. That's it. And see, that's, that's the bull crap right there that I'm talking about. That's the stuff right <laughs> see, there that I'm talking that, but about. That catch versus Dallas is half of his hype, though. It's ha- the, not okay. half, not half a good chunk of it, though. That's arguably the greatest catch in NFL history. And if he never makes that, do people, is he considered in that elite group with Julio and Antonio Brown? All right, let me say this real quick, because that year that he made that catch, that his breakout season, essentially, he was my number one wide receiver. I picked him up. He was a deep, deep waiver wire pick for me. I had, I think, Julio You're talking Jones, about the year he made that catch? The year he made that catch. That was his rookie season. That was. I, I picked him up. He was... I won, a, just, I won a fantasy championship with him. I did the same thing. I won, yeah, yeah. I won that year with Odell Beckham. So it it wasn't just that catch that year. He, I mean, he was consistently putting up numbers. You remember the Legion True. of Rule? Yes. You remember when everybody was healthy and everybody was at the top of their game? Yeah. That just so happened to be during Odell's rookie year. Mm-hmm. The Giants happened to play Seattle and Seattle that year. He went in there and went off. Look it up. He went in there and went off. Dude, and and that's my point. When he's healthy, he is one of the best on the field. Maybe one of the best to play the game. It's just a matter of that availability and durability, realistically, because his his availability is based on that. But I don't think that the Browns should move on, no. Definitely. So this picture I have right here, this is never going to happen, all right? For our listeners, it's a picture of Odell in a Steelers color rush jersey. It's never going to happen, but it's interesting to think about. How does that make you feel? Is it ugly? Is it weird? Is it bizarre? Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Where, where? Check this out, Mike. Oh, I see it. I, I'm is it not an sure. eyesore? Uh, of course it is. I'm I mean, not even going to entertain it, you know. You might as well be wearing a Michigan jersey. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not, no. I'm not, I'm not. Because again, like you said, it's never going to happen. The man's rehabbing an injury right now, and if they did trade him, they damn sure not trade him to to their rival. A division, yeah. I mean, a division rival, but the Browns like arch JJ Watt might go to a division rival. Yeah, but we're so not who's here. division rival? Tennessee. Okay, yeah, but okay, it's not it's not Brown. But he's Steelers. also a free agent. True, he he's yeah. not under contract. Yeah, yeah, that's a little different from being dealt in a trade to a division rival. I mean, if he's a free agent, walks and gets signed with him, it is what it is. I mean, so yeah, we we talked about JJ. We've talked about you know that wide receiver position. What about what about the linebacker position? Are you addressing that in free agency? Or are you waiting to address that in the draft? Okay, so let's say we do decide to address it in the draft. How do you go about that? I mean, what, like, is that something you waste a, a early pick on, or do you try and pick him up in the second or third round, maybe? I'm starting to see a lot of mocks with Xavier Collins as a, as yeah. a Cleveland Brown. Really? Yeah. You know, I, uh, out of Tulsa, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I had some people send me some, some, some tape and, and, and some articles about him. He's growing on me. There's still other guys that I would prefer to have a, ahead of him, but he's he's growing on me. I think, you know, as it pertains to the draft and free agency, I don't think anything the Browns can do in free agency will stop them from doing the same thing in the draft. And what I mean is they can sign a defensive end and still draft one. They can sign a linebacker and still draft one. They can sign a corner and still draft one. He sits up here and he talks about the Steelers all the time. And I lag on him and I rag on him about so. But here's, here, here's some hard facts about it. 
The Steelers organization continues to sustain success because they acquire talent very well. They can go sign a guy, which they rarely do, and they can go draft a guy in his position so that yep. when that guy's contract is up, that guy that they drafted is ready to step in, take over, and make some plays. And that's what I envision like the Browns organization turning into, an organization yep. that's stacked with playmakers with guys ready to take the next step, sitting right behind and waiting on their turn. I mean, Like uh, Pouncey already has his replacement. Is he going to be as good as him? Probably not. But, you know, he's already been there. He's already ready to go. And so when I say as it pertains to the Browns, I don't think – I think it's parallel. I think what they do in free agency can be matched with what they do in a draft. Mm-hmm. I look at the corner position. There's a – I don't know. I, I kind of want to trade for my corner. I'm more concerned about the, that those safeties, though. You know, the linebackers as well. I want somebody at linebacker that has sideline to sideline speed and somebody that can cover a Travis Kelsey or a Greg Kittle if it comes down to it. So, thoughts In on, the Super Bowl? Uh, just period. Eventually. I mean, I, I don't give a damn where is that. But you think uh, you mentioned Zayvon Collins. You think they're going to get him with their first pick, 24? If 26. they draft him, they have to get him in the first round. Okay. Because his stock that went up, I mean, it's, it's, it's been pretty much. Is there any linebacker in free agency that you have your eye on that you go after? Uh, Matt Milano. All right. Well, hey, on that note, do you guys want to take a short break? and? Uh... Yeah, let's take a short break, come back. We're going to dive into the linebackers. We're going to dive into the corners and the safeties and uh, talk about some players that we probably can acquire via trade. This has been a, this is the Coffee Club. You're live with Pearl, Tommy, and Mike. We'll be back on AllSportsCleveland.com in a few minutes. All right, good people. We are back on the Coffee Club on AllSportsCleveland.com. About to bring you this last 25 minutes of this power hour. We want to thank you all for joining us. Uh, So before we left, we talked about uh, the defensive line. We talked about the wide receiver position. And now we're going to dive into the linebacking group. I think everybody can agree that the Browns need to add some speed uh, to the linebacker position. And as I said before we went to break, I prefer a linebacker that's smart, that's fast and can cover a tight end. Since we returned in 1999, historically, we have sucked yep. at covering the tight end position. And Jameer Miller has been our best linebacker to date. Who? Jameer Miller. No, that's exactly right. Who? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, at this point, I need a guy 26, 27 years old coming off his rookie deal somebody that got sideline to sideline speed that can get the entire defense in, in, in position that they need to be in uh somebody that can cover tight ends you know somebody that can do all that wow that's really sad i mean i'm trying to think of it now right there's somebody outside uh, of him yeah there's yeah. we really didn't have anyone i even take it a step further i asked this question uh on another platform maybe a week ago the cleveland browns has been back since 1999 how many elite players have we had on the defensive side of the ball 
two, maybe three. I say one. Two. I say, I, I say one, maybe two. Two, at least. Miles Did, Garrett is probably the best player that's been on this defense since we've returned. Joe Hayden will probably be the second best. He was the other one. Yeah. So, so you, I was just going to say, so you consider Joe Hayden elite uh, in I, his prime? In his prime, yes. Okay. In his prime, yes. Maybe not even elite, but the best one we've had. Well, he was all pro, what, two or three times. He was a pro bowler every year. Yeah, wait, didn't him, he? Him and Joe Thomas every year, the two Joes. Yeah, but didn't he call, isn't he playing for you now, or they, you guys ship him off now too? He's playing for us, but, you know. Is he coming back this year? I don't know. We don't speak of him. Why not? I don't know. He was the best defensive back on your team last year. He was better than Mika Fitzpatrick last year. When Joe, I, I yeah. mean, I watch a lot of football. Yeah. When Joe Hayden didn't play, you all struggled in the secondary. Yeah. He actually got to Pittsburgh and got a resurgence of life, if you want to know the truth about it. Dude, I, I don't really, know his contract situation, to be honest with you. All I, I know is he picked off Tom Brady that one year, and that's good enough. Nah, that's not good no, enough. That's not. So, so anyway, let's dive into these linebackers. So I talked about Matt Milano of the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Matt Milano is a guy that has developed into, like, the do-it-all linebacker. Since 2018, he's ranked in the top 15 as far as linebackers who can cover. He's ranked in the top 10 of tackles, and the guy has a nose for the football. He's he's truly a playmaker, yep. and he's smart. He seems to get everybody on that defense in line, and that's a guy that I would love to add to this team if I could. You think he's uh, he had a large contribution to Buffalo's defensive success over the last couple of years. Oh, absolutely. Bills Mafia. Absolutely. All, that. all right. And he's only twenty five years old. So when you talk about that guys that huge, yep. when you talk about guys that you want to add, I'm I'm more interested again, not the name. Yeah. The exactly. position. And you I'm know, interested in adding guys who's young enough that can that can be on this playoff run with us for the next four years. I, I'm still going back to that. You know how many linebackers that we drafted that were supposed to be at you know that, that premier level and just were a total bust so i mean we we've got a few edge rushers out of there i mean there's a linebacker that's coming out of penn state this year i would love to have a we're, we're too low in the draft to get him but i like matt milano uh of course we all like levante david which is an interesting sign because if you look at the Tampa bay buccaneers they got about five or six guys that's high quality free agents and I'm not sure if they're going to be able to resign all of them. Uh, I think it's Shaq Barrett. I think it's Levante David. And there's a strong possibility that one of those guys, one of those guys, get an extension. The other guy gets a long-term deal. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. a franchise tag. I'm sorry. Between David and Milano. No, between David, David and, and uh, Shaq, Shaq Barrett. Barrett. Yeah. There's no way they're letting either one of them go. They might not have a choice. They got to resign. I think Antonio Brown is going to be back. Chris Godwin is going to demand top dollar. Shaq Baird is going to demand top dollar. And then it leaves you with what you, you can't re-sign everybody. True. No, you're right. But, dude, Shaq Barrett was a beast this season, man. I mean, he came through. Their whole defense was a beast. Yeah, man. it really was. It was a juggernaut. I mean, they held Pat Mahomes to literally no touchdowns. Dude, he was on his butt the whole time, man. Yeah. Like, he was looking He had up. to make a, a 30-yard pass literally parallel to the turf. Yeah, that... The if arm he would have made that, like, whew. he almost did. He almost did. I mean, I remember our Super Bowl preview show. Pearl said Pat Mahomes has the potential, right, to go out throw five, six touchdowns, right? Yeah. And zero because of that Bucks defense. 
And so if the Browns could get Levante David, I think that's absolutely huge. Well, yeah, I, realistically, they showed, I, I think Pearl said this last week, they they gave us the blueprint, right? Tampa Bay gave everybody the blueprint. Yeah, they, they gave you yeah. the blueprint. You, sent, you definitely got to sit at least five. And if you can get him to get off his first read and scramble a little bit, and if you got some athletes in that secondary, you can probably keep them contained a little bit. Now, I don't think every team has the roster uh, put together that can do that. But if you got some playmakers on your team, then yeah, you got a shot. But I don't think everybody. Well, it's just interesting that you say that because you also mentioned um, that Kevin Stefanski made a comment about if he had the opportunity to add speed at any position, he would. No, uh, yeah, Andrew. So Andrew Barry had or Andrew a, Barry. I'm sorry. He had, a, he had a you know end of the season press conference, and they asked him about speed. And the first thing out of his mouth was, if I can add speed at every single position on this team, I would. Speed is so important in the NFL. I mean, yep. it really is, and Tampa Bay showed you why. So, uh, another guy, J.M. Brown, a guy from uh, from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, it's weird. I play a lot of Madden, too. I trade for this kid all the time on Madden. But uh, 26 years old, coming off his rookie deal, it's crazy. He had a 66.4 uh, pro football focus grade, which put him at 20 of out of 80, 83 eligible linebackers. But the odd test tells me he played much better than a 20th linebacker in the NFL. And so I think that that might be somebody else that the Browns should look at. I mean, he's very athletic. The games that I've seen him play, you know, especially I think the game against the Ravens, uh, comes to mind the first game, mm -hmm. not the playoff game, but how he was able to keep uh, Andrews contained, and that stood out to me. Here's a, another guy that's smart enough to be able to put the defense in the right position as well. So, and because he's not at the top of the list, you you're not paying a premium for him. Exactly, you're not gonna pay for him what you will pay for a Levante David. Levante David had a 78.8 pro football focus grade, making him the fourth best linebacker in the league last year. Which makes him expensive elite. to say. The, right. Well, elite, but expensive to say the least. Right. I mean, in As, terms of PFF, is is 78 like really, really good? Or are there consistently players that get like 98, 99? It depends on your position. It depends on your position. I posted something on my Ata uh, Sports page. Wyatt Teller, I think, had a 93.7 grade. And it made him the best offensive lineman in football. So it depends on your okay. position. It depends on pretty much how you're playing, et cetera. But uh, if you don't subscribe, if, if if you're doing my suggestion to anybody that's in the business or or getting started as we are, sub subscribe to Pro Football Focus. It's oh, it's yeah. a lot of uh, detailed information in there, and you want to have that. A lot of bonus content, probably too. Uh, being a subscriber, absolutely. So so. When addressing like the linebacking situation that the Browns have now, would you target that primarily in free agency? Would you do the draft or would you do a little of both? Well, like I said before, I think it's parallel. I don't think that anything that the Browns do in free agency stops them from making the same moves in mm -hmm. a draft. Like I truly yeah. believe that we we want to build this thing for the long term. And so... Yeah, you want your window to be more than two to three years. We're talking about... You asked before the break about Xavier Collins, okay? I can see us drafting him and signing either a Mike Milano or a J.M. Brown or a K.J. Wright. I can see the Browns actually spending some money on a linebacker and drafting one as well. 
because the jury is still out on Phillips, and Phillips is a guy that Barry drafted. But he didn't draft Mac Wilson, and Mac Wilson, I'm the guy can't play. No, yeah, the I mean ex- the, the guy can't play. The experiment on him. Taki Taki is a is a backup linebacker at best. DJ Goodson, mm-hmm. who was on a one year do- deal, we're not bringing him back. He's slow. Yeah, mm-hmm. that room is 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 not a good it's not a good core. The linebacker core is just not a good core of players. So where are they at? Where are we at in the draft with that? I mean, is, do they is there a strong linebacker draft class? Or I mean, what are what are we looking at? I think it's a strong draft class when you combine edge rushers and linebackers. Okay, I think it's a very strong mm-hmm. class. I mean, you you got what's the name Rosario Rosu out of Miami. Oh yeah, that plays okay. the edge. Uh, you got the hybrid that's coming out of Georgia. You got two guys coming out of Penn State. You got Xavier coming out of Tulsa. There's so many guys. And, dude, that, some of these defensive ends can drop back into coverage. Exactly. Like, I mean, because exactly. they're just as fast as a DB. Exactly. And so, with how we want to play football, I can see us, I mean, any of that works. Because not only that, if you pay attention to our safety position, we got a lot of hybrid safeties. Yeah. Ronnie Harrison plays down in the box. Carl Joseph played out in the box last year. Grant Delpit was subjected to play part of the run game and the pass game. If you ask me, I thought he was drafted to be the spot for Lamar Jackson. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I feel like when you can add those hybrid pass rushers and linebackers and those hybrid safeties, you give yourself more options on the football field. Yeah, definitely. You give yourself more to work yep. with. Well, and they can be swapped out and interchanged. It it, it just keeps everybody uh, fresher, I think. Yeah. Ultimately, my buddy uh, just commented and said linebacker in the draft and free agency. And and like I said, I agree with that. The Browns are in position to do both. Yeah. Yep. You know, and should they? realistically because they need the help there. I mean, yeah. they're top five in terms of cap space, right? No, they're top fifteen. Okay. So how how I put it. We ain't rich, but we ain't broke. Right. Like we yep. can afford to, we can afford to spend a few coin, but we need to make sure we put something up for a rainy day. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, get that insurance policy. You got to spend some money to add the necessary talent to get you over the hump to the Super Bowl. But you got to make sure you save the money to re- to make sure that you can, you know, secure the talent that's already on this team and keep it here. Out of everybody, out of all them free agents. And there's, I think there's about 20 of them, right, for the Browns this year? Uh, that's, that, like, you mean unrestricted free agents that's currently on the Browns roster? Yeah. Yeah. Out of all of those guys, who are you keeping? It's funny because I had this conversation. I'm keeping a tackle, Michael Dunn. Like, the guys that I'm keeping that's currently free agents for the Browns are not guys that started. They're rotational guys. So we're not going to know who they are. I mean, we're, most the, people, the, the average the fan. average fan probably wouldn't know who they are. But okay. I'm, I'm keeping like Michael Dunn. It's a defensive tackle, Vincent Taylor. I'm keeping him, and I'm keeping uh, Porter Gustin. Wow, really? Never so, heard of any of those guys. I, well, well, Porter Gustin. Oh, well, maybe maybe just, the last one. Yeah, Porter Gustin played a lot last but year, but the first two. Michael Dunn, you know, he filled in with Wyatt for Wyatt T- Taylor. Uh, I'm sorry, Wyatt Taylor, and okay. uh, he filled in a little bit for Conklin on the line when yeah. he got hurt. You know, so he showed that he was versatile, and he showed that he could play a little bit. I'm just surprised that it's not like in Joku or Ogunjobi or you thought I was going to say Ogunjobi or or Rashara Higgins. Right, right. Ogunjobi's going to go somewhere and get paid. But the reason yeah. why I feel like the Browns won't re-sign him long term is because you're paying 13 million dollars to Sheldon Richardson this year, this upcoming season. Okay, mm-hmm. 
you have Jordan Elliott, who you drafted from Missouri in the third round last year. You got the guy Andrew Billings, who we signed from Cincinnati, who chose to set out due to COVID. You have him coming back. And then you have the young kid, Vincent Taylor, as well. So I think the depth at that position won't allow him to spend the dollars on Ogan Joby that he might command. But I could be totally wrong about that as well. So who knows? I think the Browns need to look into Bobby Boucher out of Louisiana. Wasn't, that kid can play, man. Wasn't that uh, Louisiana Tech or something? What was the name Louisiana of Louisiana South Central LSU. SCLSU. That's it. Yeah, Mud yeah. Dogs. So I got yeah. a comment that says linebacker, defensive back, defensive end, in that order. Really? As far as... Far as no, I think he's talking about as far as the draft, but as far as free oh. agency, how would you prioritize it? A, a free agency for me? Yeah. I I mean, I, I find it hard. Well, first of all, I think it's a little difficult to let go of Njoku um, or let him walk. I mean, I know he wanted to leave at the beginning of the last season, but I think he started to buy in, and he was a bit, he seemed to be a big part of our offense down the stretch. Um, Even with all the elite wide receivers and potential of Will Fuller, and uh, like we saw last year, Harrison Bryant. Well, if all of those know. things fall in, I mean, I, look, those are a lot of ifs. I'm just saying, I, out of what we have right now, I would probably stick. Although, yeah, I don't know. You're right. I mean, that would be nice to go after somebody like Will Fuller. I mean, if Ninjoko does get traded or leaves in free agency. I think, you know, Hooper's obviously good tight end number one. Harrison Bryant had a pretty decent season last year. Yeah, he did. he did. So he's a solid number two to go with your four wide receivers. I think it wouldn't hurt the Browns as much. So you don't think there's as much I, of a fall off no. between the two? Okay. No. I mean, uh, hey, uh, maybe maybe you're right. Um, you know, maybe Njoku pulls it like a Danny Amendola and goes to the Lions or something. Okay. Or a team that sucks just to get paid. I mean, we'll see. Make, make that money, right? You do you. I just think, I think the Browns will realistically will retain more of the rotational guys because I really feel like that they can look at the guys that were starters. I think Higgins was a, the third starting wide receiver. They can upgrade him. If you're asking me how I'm going to prioritize free agency, first things first, the defensive line, an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. You all have heard me say it before, football is won and lost in the trenches at the point of contact. The best teams yep. in, a, in a league can stop the run and they can run the football. Yep. If, you're, if your line of scrims can control the game, that nine times out of ten, that's how you're going to win the game. And then I think my second priori- priority would probably be the corner position. I think you have to go with the corner or the safety. I mean, but, that, that to me was a glaringly obvious hole last year. Uh, we got beat over the top continuously. Yeah, uh, definitely. That was our Achilles heel. So, and you don't know what you you know you don't know how things are going to work out for Greedy Williams. Mm-hmm. There's a guy, and I, I got to find it, but there's a guy that uh, J C Horn. I can't remember what school he plays for, but I've been seeing him mock to the Browns a lot lately. He plays corner. Give me and one they're with second. their first pick. Yeah, he plays for uh, South Carolina. Okay. 6'1", 205 pounds. I, I went back and I've watched a little bit of his tape. The guy is physical and he's fast. So, I mean, there's so many different directions 
that they can go in. I think this is going to be a very weird off season. You know, I put in yep. my blog and uh, go check out my blog on EarlMaldenPortfolio.wordpress.com. I put in my blog that I thought it was going to be a weird free agency, but I just think the whole off season itself is going to be it's going to be different. You know, mm-hmm. and I think the Browns have an opportunity to add a lot of talent in free agency, but I think that we have a even better opportunity to add talent during the draft. Uh, in the middle rounds, the Browns has two third-round picks, two fourth-round picks. And in the NFL, a lot of your starters come rounds True. three and later. Yep. Just a, just a little nugget for Yeah, people. That, that's really interesting if you think about it. But, I mean, it just goes to show the guys with all the hype don't necessarily pan out no. all the time. No, not all the time. And sometimes you strike gold with those, you know, Tom Brady, 199th overall. That's more than striking gold, man. That's like finding – well, think about a it. genie in a bottle wrapped in gold. Think about this. Buried in a volcano. Adam Thielen, the wide receiver for the Vikings. He was an undrafted free agent. Yeah. Josh Cribbs set NFL records as a as a returner. He was an undrafted free agent. There's a lot of guys that come through this league. I could think who hell back in the nineties. I was a kid, but I remember I think his name was Robert Rod Smith. He played wide receiver for uh the Broncos. He was a you know, undrafted free agent. There's a lot of talent. Yeah. that plays football and a lot of people seem to only focus on rounds one and two but you kind of get the meat and potatoes of your team in the later rounds of the draft well realistically True. the first few rounds have the most hype around it right like after that your common fan or your average fan isn't interested anymore beyond those big household college names that they've been cheering on the later rounds tend to be those rotational guys yep. like you're talking about the right. the ones that can step in and play right away right that Sorry. are going to produce immediately because you want to just make sure that you, this thing is being built for the long run yeah you know forget the big names forget the flashy play go get what's necessary and trust your scouting department trust your analytics that hey no matter what the name is if this say a player fits this criteria plug them in there Trust the eye test. Trust the eye test. Well, it seems keep it rolling. It seems to me like uh, what the Pittsburgh Steelers organization has realistically should be the blueprint for everybody else. But I I think it is. Look at Mike bringing up the Steelers. I like that. Well, we just talked about it though. But yeah, I mean, it. I mean, like you said, you draft somebody and pick someone up in free agency. By the time that free agent is done with his contract. You got you got somebody fan, that's ready to step in. I mean, four, up. four, five, six years ago, when Antonio Brown was in his prime, did he look like a player who's taken in the sixth round out of Central Michigan? No, of course not. Exactly. No, you would have thought he was a first round pick out of Alabama or something. Right, number one overall. So, like I said, it, it's pretty much just about how you're willing to go about evaluating the talent. So, no, I thought I, thought, I think this was a cool power hour to talk about the Browns a little bit. Uh, let's go around the table. Tommy, tell them what you got going on outside of the coffee club. So every Saturday, uh, me and a buddy of mine do a hockey podcast about the Blue Jackets and just NHL in general. It's called Fifth Line Primetime. You can check it out on Spotify. Episode 6 drops tomorrow afternoon. You up to six episodes, huh? Five. Five. Six drops tomorrow. Nice. About they you, need man. help in Columbus, man. This dumpster fire. What about you, Mike? So, actually, me and my wife are doing a podcast. Uh, it's called If I'm Being Honest with Carrie and Mike, where we talk about political issues, health, 
family, uh, hot button topics, current events, basically anything and everything that has to deal with you and your family. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook and uh, Twitter at IIBH Podcast, and okay. uh, we're also available on Spotify and Apple and all those good things, too. Nice, man. How about you, man? Oh, man, I got a little bit of everything going on right now. It sounds like it. Yeah. I, you've been so busy. It's hard to even get this guy to respond to a text. Yeah, man, I've, it's been a busy few weeks for me, man, but uh, just been blessed with a lot of different opportunities. Uh, if you're on Facebook, join my Cleveland Browns group, Dog Check Cleveland Browns group. Uh, follow my blog at earlmaldenportfolio.wordpress.com. As you all know, I started Landmade Entertainment, where I'm going to be producing podcasts, audio podcasts, video podcasts. Uh, I started making graphic flyers for customers who got small businesses or getting started with anything else like that. Just dropped the 6 a.m. Cleveland Browns tailgate podcast on Spotify. Episode one was amazing. So shout out to everybody who took time to listen, took time to follow, and actually took time to monetary support my podcast. Definitely appreciate all that. I'm dropping episode two saturday tomorrow bro you're gonna be on shark tank in about eight months uh, that's the goal man right that's the goal but uh you know just proud of my co-host you know everybody is taking advantage of the opportunities is putting in front of them it's been fun to be back on air with you guys Absolutely. it's been fun to be back on air with the listeners cleveland i hope you all have a great and safe weekend remember be great be prosperous be positive be persistent i'll holla at y'all